call the meeting to order. We're kind of running on Senate time here, and so uh, we'll probably have some other members come in. Uh, I have three proxies up here for me, and Senator Lurie, when he comes in, has a proxy. So we got more people here than it looks like. Uh, uh, but we, the first thing we do is we need to get an appointment out of the way, and I let me begin by thanking you for coming back. Uh, we, we hate to have to make two trips down here, but uh, hopefully we can take care of it today. Please have a seat. Dr. Gilbert, go ahead. Let me go ahead and start off at the beginning. Um, I'd like for you to raise your right hand. You swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth shall help you, God. All right, thank you. Okay, I'm, gonna I'm going to read you a series of nine questions. Uh, and the last one is broad and more open-ended. Uh, the first one, do you or any member of your family own or operate any business which contracts with state or federal governments? Second one, do you or any member of your family own or operate any business that receives state or federal funds? Number three, have you ever been arrested, charged, or held by federal, state, or other law enforcement authorities for violation of the law, regulation, or ordinance? No. <clears throat> Number four, have you, to your knowledge, ever been under federal, state, or local investigation for possible violation of a criminal statute? If so, explain. No. Number five, has a tax lien or collection procedure ever been instituted against you personally by federal, state, or local authorities? No. Number six, have you ever been disciplined or cited for breach of ethics or unprofessional conduct by any court, agency, association, or professional group? No. Number seven, are you now or have you ever been employed as a lobbyist or acted in the capacity of a lobbyist principal? No. Number eight, <clears throat> do you know of any reason you would have difficulty performing the duties of this position? No. And the final question is this. Briefly tell us about yourself and explain why you want to serve in this position. Um, thank you for the opportunity to be here today. I, I, I've been serving uh, in the consumer finance industry and business for over 25 years now. I've served on the board of financial institutions for a full term and, and fulfilled part of another term. And I, I feel like that there's still some things that I can do and uh, be effective in um, being a part of this board for the next four years. Appreciate your service. Uh, any questions? Senator Newberry, do you have a question? No, sir. I'm just going to move favorable at the uh, appropriate time. So. All right. And being for more, I know somebody would like to second it, I'd imagine. Uh, very good. Uh, there's no further questions. There's a motion to second for favorable. Uh, all in favor, say aye. Aye. Any opposed? It's unanimous. Thank you. Appreciate you coming back down. Thank you. All right. Let's see. Next is Regulation 4480. Uh, Dr. Gilbert. Under tab two, this, this regulation comes from the Department of Insurance. It updates existing forms and provides the new ones that are required by the Holding Company Act that was passed earlier this session. Um, it removes the requirement of submission of hard copies, specifies what information has to be provided, and also provides the new forms E and F that were uh, described in, in the law that was passed. Um, we originally thought that we would have to request resubmission, but that was taken care of by the House um, LCI Committee to correct a couple numbering issues that were created by um, the drafting process. And so this is the final regulation. All right. Any questions? Do I hear a motion? Move, motion for favor. Is there a second? Second. Second. Uh, all in favor say aye. All opposed? Ayes have it. All right. Next, we've got uh, Senate Bill 389, <clears throat> Senator Lurie. 
S389 gives more flexibility to the BDC, the Business Development Corporation, to grow and adapt to changing market uh, conditions. The first component of the bill is to remove, remove statutory limits on the area that they can serve. Currently, they're limited to acting in South Carolina. Um, that restricts um, their ability to lend outside the state, even if they have someone who's from South Carolina. So this would remove that limitation. It provides a list of states, but says it's not limited uh, to those states. Uh, it also allows them to receive money on deposit. This is about making sure that, that in the long term, the BDC has the ability to participate in small business administration programs. It also removes the restriction that they have to be first refused by a bank. It allows them to more quickly get help to these folks or get a loan to these folks. Uh, finally, it allows them to permit, or it permits them to create a bank subsidiary, which once again is part of their um, making sure that they're long-term able to work with, with the federal government with some of the programs they have. Um, they tend to be an outlier. Most of these programs, they function with banks. And um, at some point, there is you know, the possibility that the feds would, would uh, want to work exclusively with banks, and so this would allow them the flexibility to, to respond uh, as opposed to waiting for another session to, to tweak that. Um, it also limits shareholders from owning more than 10%, which is an effort to make sure that this broadly reflects the banking industry and as opposed to one bank uh, steering it. I think subcommittee chairman, Senator from Newberry, uh, do you have anything to state on that? No, sir. We, we felt like this uh, gave those uh, uh, types of organizations the ability to, to move outside of the state. A lot of them are. And the other states, I think, have already passed this, have they not, Dr. Gilbert? So I think so. And, and typically, they, what's run, happening is they're dealing with um, you know, somebody who lives in South Carolina but may want to do something in another state, currently they're, they're hobbled from doing that. And so it, it provides them the flexibility to operate well. And, and we had uh, no one to speak against the bill, and everybody was okay with it. So uh, I think the senator from uh, Darlington might have a question, but uh, at the appropriate time, I'd like to move favorable. All right, thank you. Senator Darlington. Yes, sir. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Um, what was the what was the statutory limits in the first place, and why were there statutory limits? Well, it started back I think in the '60s, and it was it was restricted to South Carolina. And from my understanding, each state had its own BDC. And over time, some states theirs have been eliminated because they they became gradually irrelevant. Um, and so it was it was a South Carolina thing that was designed to help South Carolina small businesses grow. Um, what's happening now is you get businesses that maybe are along the border that are still small businesses that want to expand across, say, into Georgia or North Carolina or elsewhere, and the BDC can't work with them uh, at this point. Um, there is a restriction here that if there are federal or state funds that are designed to help South Carolina businesses, those funds would have to stay within the border. Um, How do you control that? Well, they simply can't. They wouldn't be allowed to, you know, if, there, if there's a, like a federal allocation of say 20 million to South Carolina they would have to make sure that all those stayed that stayed here and that's something I think Bofi would probably well not Bofi but they would have to be in compliance with the law on that <clears throat> if you'd like we can have, may have some people some here people that, that can come forward you want to come forward and maybe answer that question you, you, you okay explanations okay you okay they, they could end up they, they were restricted using it in out-of-state if it's federal funds yes that specifically spelled out in the bill and that was something that we didn't we don't want South Carolina grants or you know things like that to be to be going across to others other states so there's that limit there All right. thank you senator any further questions all right do I hear a motion motion for favorable is there a second 
Is there a second? Second. second. All right. Any further discussion? All in favor say aye. Aye. Any opposed? Ayes have it. All right. Senator from Richmond. Thank you. All right. And I have, just for the record, uh, proxies from Senator Bennett, Senator Rankin, and Senator O'Dell. There's a transportation committee meeting going on now um, that uh, has a DOT reformation part of it as well as Uber uh, issues. And so that uh, committee has pulled at least four or five of our members to that committee. So that accounts for some of our missing members from the banking insurance. All right, uh, the last bill that we have is Senate 441. <clears throat> this bill establishes a framework for regulating guaranteed asset protection waivers in the state, establishes some key definitions, and it creates a number of consumer protections. These waivers are products that are sold to protect someone if there's a difference between the payout of the insurance policy and the loan, and the loan value at the time. Um, there were some concerns that had to be worked out between consumer affairs and the industry, and the amendment, there's an amendment that, that's It'll be a strike and insert. It'll replace the uh, the current bill. Um, it addresses all those concerns. Um, it limits sales of the product to initial purchases unless the loan is over four thousand dollars for the term of over one year. Um, it also removes commercial transactions which don't belong in the consumer protection code. Uh, it prohibits sales of the product unless it benefits the borrower, and it provides some it provides a metric to calculate whether it could ever be in benefit. Um, charges have to be reasonable and specifies disclosures that need to be. But we've been able to work out all these issues since the, uh, the subcommittee meeting. I think uh, Consumer Affairs is comfortable with it. Okay. Uh, and once again, Senator from Newberry, you were the subcommittee chair. Yes, sir, Mr. Chairman. And we did, ha we had a few concerns, I think, primarily from the Department of Consumer Affairs. And um, my understanding is I think everybody's in, they're on the same wavelength now that with the uh, new amendment that we've got, and we appreciate uh, Dr. Gilbert and those taking the uh, time to try to work out those differences. So if uh, if everybody's okay, and I think they are, we would uh, move favorable at appropriate time. I think the first thing would be the amendment that would, uh, that would come before you. Yes, sir. I move favorable on the amendment. All right. Motion second. Any discussion? All right. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Eyes have it. Then I would move please. favorable, Mr. Chairman, on the uh, bill as amended. Second. Second. Any discussion? All, right. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Eyes have it. Uh, makes for a short meeting, but thank y'all. Stand adjourned.